All right, friends, today we're talking about soil amendments, things to add into the soil, organic, obviously, ideas on how to get your soil in better shape so that it's more alive, more healthy, and uh, creating healthier plants, healthier life on your homestead. So join us as we uh, chat about this. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. So I, this is a fun topic, soil amendments. <laughs> maybe. I think for some people, yeah. I feel like soil amendments is not a fun title. I think maybe we when can you get into soil amendments, it is fun. Mm-hmm. This comes from the our group. Somebody specifically said, asked the question, what do you guys recommend for amending your soil? So this is a, that's where I got this title from. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like we can work on that, but- <laughs> I think there's a lot you can add. I think what we tend to try to do is, I think traditionally at least, get our soil tested, see what's missing, and then add that. And I really don't agree with that. (laughs) Well, like the first step, the first reason I don't agree with it either is because the soil test is like looking for those like basic minerals, Key key components that like... That they know about. As we, yeah, and as we know, like, we believe there's a lot more there's so much more to the world in general than what you can see then what 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 science has told us to look for i think this is evident you know i mean even in the health world as of the last you know maybe decade people have started to say oh maybe cholesterol isn't the only way to measure whether or not someone is doomed to die of heart disease right like there's a lot of and then also eating fat is actually good for you and helpful. So, right. you know, tell me that this... <laughs> back in the nineties when I had yeah. to eat margarine for everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just constantly growth and understanding. And I think that that is something that when you look at your soil and you're trying to deal with your soil, you want to be open-minded and really just mimic nature. Again, it's just about like, okay, well, what, how is the forest thriving and how can I add that into my garden? Right, yeah. I mean, like, and that's it, not in a bottle right. at Home Depot. Unfortunately. I mean, you look at, yeah, the forest is not sending off a uh, soil sample to <laughs> see what's wrong with it. And yet it's still gross. And it still grows, <laughs> right. But what we do know is that, okay, let's try and break this down. We do let's know that there's forest fires that naturally mm. occur. We do know that animals come through and drop manure. We do know that, and they pl- eat too. And they eat. Urinate. Plants drop their leaves. Plants drop their most leaves. of their plants drop so their lot, leaves. Like, like there's not a lot of uncovered bare forest right. soil. And the healthy soil in the woods, you would always like if you're going fishing, you know, go to the woods to find. I want to take a step back too because I think it's a really important thing. Like a lot of times when we think about a garden, the most beautiful garden we can imagine is like that's ready to plant is just bare. It's like bare brown dark soil and we look at that and we're like oh that's amazing that's exactly where i want to put my plant yeah that's that colonialist colonialist mindset of like conquer 
and organize. Mm, conquer and organize. Which is, I, I mean, I still fight with it because, like, Lacey made me come up to the schoolhouse yesterday and mow my beautifully, mm, super whoa, 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 diverse whoa. <laughs> grassland because That's, she wanted it to look nice wow. for visitors. I wish you could see my face. <laughs> no, yes, I wanted, I wanted a place to sit in the grass and enjoy and eat a snack, lunch. Right. And I mean, I think like there's a time and a place it's for a lot of different things. That holistic context. That's what right. I kept telling myself. Mm -hmm. Our context is we want visitors. But to see the house through the weeds, what is yeah. it? <laughs> to be able to see the house. I felt like it was important. That, to you know, be able to see the house, to yeah. be able to see the house. And in her defense, it's only like 15, 20 feet radius around the it's house. It's a very small section so, of our yeah. property. And it's also only got that bad because our mower was broken for... Right. But as, as we were driving through it, I was like, like Abraham and I were riding on the mower together because he won't let me mow without being with me on the mower. Uh, just like counting the different varieties and kinds of grass. And I mean, it was just like, it was... It was inspiring and hopeful because there was just so much diversity in this grass. And it, I mean, it's it wasn't all the and grass did we waste by it? any means. No, and then we uh, made it into hay. We had a heyday. So, <laughs> um, okay, we've gotten way off topic. Way here. off topic. But I will say that, you know, we're still going to use that grass, that ground cover we will use to create to create nutrient that we can put on the garden. So right. I think that that is an important, you know, like, okay, so you can use yard waste and enhance your garden. Yeah. And even mulching it, I mean, is not the ideal, but like leaving it out there, you're releasing a lot of carbon, but you're, mm -hmm. you know, creating some act bio activity in the soil. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So did we go through all the nature things? Worms in the forest, mm. compost teas was the other idea of, you know, I'm trying to think how you find that in nature, though. Composting? Compost tea. Like, I guess that's just, like, compost. Well, I think there's, like, these puddles everywhere in our woods that are kind of just look real murky and gross. Like cesspools. Yeah, you'd never <laughs> want to touch. I mean, we even have kind of a swamp at the back of our property, and I would never want to get near that. But that is adding a moisture level that, you know, then by the end of summer, it's pretty well dried out. But, you know, then we have these long, dry summer months, and what would this what would the property look like if that swamp wasn't there right you know yeah. so yeah and downstream from it exactly yeah okay so let's start with biochar because this is one we've been nerding out on a little bit and by we i mean me mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so biochar is basically just charcoal but shoot what was my stat on that it one ounce i believe and tell me if i'm wrong somebody i'm sure can correct me on this but it's like one ounce of biochar is the equivalent has the equivalent Bacteria. surface area oh. of a football field so when if you like broke it all out so the idea is a biochar i was explaining it to the kids is basically like a bacteria hotel so you create biochar by making charcoal basically and then you inoculate it a lot of people just Put it's it, not just charcoal. You really have to like. Yeah, it's got to be like you're gonna have to Google like the specifics. You of like it. burn without without any without oxygen. oxygen. Yeah, it's not very hard to make. It's pretty simple. We've done some workshops on it before, mm -hmm. but you inoculate it with a bacteria with different kinds of things. Most people will stick their biochar in a five gallon bucket. And then just urinate in the bucket because whether you like it or not, your urine is like. I'm just wondering who gets it out of the, the bucket. The perfect. Yeah, I don't know. You just dump it out. <laughs> but your urine has like the perfect chemicals and nutrients for plants. It's like 
we were designed to be able to fertilize plants with our own urine. It's pretty fun. But so you, then you bi bury this biochar in your soil, just kind of mix it in with your soil and it just creates this like overabundance or uh, just an abundance of bacterial activity in your soil, wherever it is. So that that's my first soil amendment recommendation, which is like a little advanced, but you could also buy it, right? I, I've never looked biochar? to see. Biochar? I've never looked I to see. I think you can buy biochar. Buy yeah, yeah, for sure. If you go to the right store. Yeah. So if you don't want to make it, buy it. But it, um, I mean, I've, you're I've seen stuff, actually so. there's a great uh, a material I saw. I can't remember the name of the brand where they're actually selling a compost kind of mix, soil mix, has biochar. Has oh, you were telling me about yeah, that. It yeah, has uh, biodynamic additions. I can't remember all the different things that yeah. they had in it. That was like, oh, we should try to get some of that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's not cheap, but right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then moving on from biochar, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. We've got worm castings. So obviously in this, in a good, healthy soil, you have a lot of worm activity, all kinds of different worms, but lots of worm activity. And so that's what we really want. And a lot of times we buy these bags of soil or we get topsoil or we get, you know, compost from the, the local place. And there really isn't any worm activity at all in there. And I think when you have worms, it adds structure, it adds moisture, it adds, it adds just a, a togetherness of the soil. It's almost like when a worm moves in and you have like, home in the soil and what i see in the soil that i see is like not holding water and it's not it's not the plants aren't like thriving they're getting dried out really quickly a lot of times when i look at the soil closely there are there is not much worm activity so the more worm activity the better and if you can get castings and just add those it's kind of just like a adding a um a concentrated amount of of worm activity yeah <laughs> um, uh, but yeah because like uh, going like on that molecular level you've got that bacteria that's creating mm -hmm. like a web like a sticky goo basically that forms and that holds moisture mm -hmm. so like once i like i struggle with this because just putting worm castings in is maybe like does it attract worms to come because like it being dry in there it doesn't it's not until like the soil gets moving basically like, like you need plants to photosynthesize that then feed the bacteria that feed the nematodes mm -hmm. that, you know, like you need this whole cycle. And then that's when your soil, like you'll notice once your plants get going in your garden, that happens. They yeah. start photosynthesizing and feeding everybody below the soil. Mm -hmm. And then there's like this boom, but I don't like, I totally agree with putting worm castings in there, but right now I'm like, why, what does the, does the worm castings attract worms? Like, I think it comes inoculated with a lot of that bacteria. Okay. So that's what I would imagine. Yeah. But I don't know technically yeah. if that's the right answer. Yeah. Gonna have to <laughs> ask my worm poo guy. <laughs> Investigate. <laughs> yeah. And then on the same level, I feel like compost teas are kind of a similar idea, but an addition. Right. An addition and, and they can be so, so simple. Um, I was just reading yesterday and we've done this before. We have tons and tons of comfrey growing. And if you don't have comfrey growing, it's kind of a staple because it has so many different functions medicinally for humans and then also in the garden and it and it taps into some really great nu nutrients. It's almost like dandelions and it, it's called a dynamic accumulator and it just accumulates a ton of incredible nutrients, whether it's out of the soil, out of the thin air, whatever it is, it's a really powerful tool to have on your property and it grows real easy. Yeah. <laughs> Too easy, maybe. Some it likes say. it likes rain. It likes it, rain. But I notice it's been crinkling up. It gets up. a little yeah. wilty, but it recovers really easily. You can't kill it, basically. Yeah, you wouldn't really Remember that it. when you put it somewhere. 
<laughs> and it will spread and it will get bigger, but uh, we do have it in the garden. We have it around the base of trees and it's a really great kind of living mulch. And then you can also take the leaves off and put them around the base of plants as a mulch. And it's then also going to compost and add a ton of nutrient to the soil. And then you can make a compost tea with it. So take the leaves, put them in a bucket, let it sit for about three weeks. And then you have a beautiful, delicious compost tea. It actually enhances and in, intensifies composting in general. So you can add it to your compost bin and get that going a little bit quicker. So yeah, comfrey is just kind of a, a miracle tool. Do you bubble that compost tea or do you just let it sit? You could you... bubble it. I mean, yeah. I think bubbling is always better, but you don't have to. Yeah. You know, just let it so, sit. So it we rot. get like a lot of the ones that I make, I generally put like a aquarium bubbler in the bottom. Again, it's like super cheap, just like a little bubbler rock. Well, oxygen in, in, will increase. Yeah, activity, increase the activity. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so compost teas, you can get as simple as just leaves and water like that, like comfrey leaves, or you can start mixing in all kinds of different things. We also make one that's like Lacey was saying, like dandelions, comfrey stinging nettle i'll put in some molasses in there and sometimes i even put in some essential oils and bubble that depending on what we're going after and then we'll just put in a siphon that goes into our drip line so mm -hmm. it just siphons it in a little bit and feeds the garden or the perennials depending on you know what our goal is for it the compost teas are super fun i mean it's an easy easy thing to make and you can't really go wrong with it as long as you're putting yeah. in good plants. Yeah. Okay, what else? So, so cover crops. So yeah. what I see a lot of times, like I said, is these barren kind of garden beds that look real nice and clean and tidy, but that actually is nothing like nature. <laughs> and so one of the things I highly recommend for folks that they're, if they're gonna plant in it or they, you know, maybe they just haven't had time yet or maybe it's off season or whatever, there's really no off season in the forest. There's always something on the ground in the forest. There's always something growing. There's always like some Thing taking a turn and so how can we do that in our garden and I think cover cropping is a really good solution and there's a lot of great options there and we can go through a few of them but cover cropping can happen and, and a lot of times with cover crops if you're doing the right kind you don't even have to take it out before or turn it over or anything you can just let it kind of run its course and then plant in it yeah or you can terminate it with like just by crimping clipping it. it or yeah yeah clipping it crimping it generally you don't like to me, I had the realization again that cover crops, it, the, to me, I think why they work so well is because it's that photosynthetic activity yeah. in the soil. It's life, yeah. So if you go in there and till it, it you're resetting all of that. Mm. To me, it makes more sense to crimp it over. You can take a two by four and put two strings on the end of it to kind of hold it and then just step along the cover crop and just crimp it over on the sides. You can put a tarp over it mm -hmm. and just kill it off that way. Yeah, but really when you leave that root structure as is, you're just enhancing what you have to grow in. Right, yeah. So, and this is true of everything. I mean, even tomatoes at this point, we don't, we used to like pull out the whole plant from the, you know, root and all. Now we just snip it at the ground level and put the debris. Sometimes we just leave the debris laying and let it kind of deteriorate there, maybe clean it up later. But right, you know, you really could just take the tops off of your plants and move them into the compost. But don't, don't disturb that root structure because it really is actually giving you a leg up in terms of fertility and space and aeration and all kinds of great things for the things like you want to plant. That fungal network that, that fungal the network, roots yeah. all intertwine. And the, the studies have shown that like if you put another plant there, it can actually tap into that fungal network of mm -hmm. the previous roots 
and you know go from there so yeah yeah definitely got to leave those there are some great new well even like square foot gardening i feel like taps into that yeah, a good amount and then sure. i'm embracing some of these polyculture options and seeing what i can make work this year but even when you know we're looking at a bed we're trying to look at it okay we're gonna have beans there but we're also gonna have you know whatever you know and and really be thinking about how to kind of create levels within the garden beds just like you would see in the forest right yeah okay so now let's go soil amendments lacy's been kind of jumping around I'm skip, this yeah. one she uh -huh. wants to skip it but we gotta skip. <laughs> we gotta go through it so biodynamics is like kind of uh what would you say like a more energetic energetic esoteric kind of element of gardening farming and there's amendments so amendments are kind of like i use it like jokingly like potions within the biodynamic world you mix things up and then those become it's kind of like what what is that bach remedies like mm -hmm. homeopathic. Um, homeopathic like essence you're really like more tapping into frequencies which i know sounds out there but when you really think about it everything is everything has a frequency everything has sound that is coming out of it so well i think you know one like easy way to sort of understand this kind of en energetic transmission is you know pheromones hormones things that we can't see but do impact us greatly you know yeah. like, you can't you can't deny that pheromones exist right but you might not be able to smell them or even right. capture yeah. them yeah so and then i also explain it to people like you know you believe like some people believe that the world was created by god whoever their God is, their creator. And that, that like biblical way of saying it is that God spoke it into existence. Mm. So that speaking is frequencies, you know? So if you accept that or believe that, then everything on this earth has a frequency. Everything has been spoken into existence. So that to me is kind of the essence of biodynamics. That's how I, that's how I look at it. But there's two important ones there's um a preparation called 500 so they all have name uh, numbers which is a horn manure and then there's a 501 which is a horn silica the specifics of how to make them just google it and you can look at it we won't go into that but i think that those two are important and we when we first moved to this property we sprayed them a lot all over our property and i've just recently been thinking we really need to get back into that because it, I think it helped a lot, mm -hmm. but the silica, most things are deficient in. And uh, by adding essence of silica to your property, you can actually start um, increasing plant growth, plant health. And then the same with the manure, it adds like a, a layer of health and vibrance to everything in its area also. So those, it's a whole different world. And I would just say, Google it, explore it, be open to the idea of it. You don't have to do it, but I think it's, I think it's something fun to try. And you know, it, there's like, you make it in a certain constellation and you do all these things. It's there, there's a lot to it. I don't know, Lacey, you, you can anything? buy them pre-made and you can buy them pre-made. Yeah. And not do any of that <laughs> <laughs> and just, you mix it in like, you get like a little packet that's like what, like an ounce yeah. and you mix it into like five gallons of water and yeah. then you spray it around, you know, your plants and things. Mm -hmm. But ideally you make everything on your own property. Right. But, yeah. You know, when you're getting started, you know, you can buy someone else's to start with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a good list of things, right? Like I, so I think a lot of times we turn to like 
perlite and vermiculite and and there's you know some great options out there that you know you can get at the store but when you think about things that are alive versus things that are sterile you're going to get better results because it's going to mimic nature more closely so when you're talking about perlite usually you're trying to enhance the the water containment that the soil has right like it, the the potential for it to hold water so my suggestion would be instead to add a little peat and then also to create these structures. That's where you're gonna to start to see that soil be able to hold water in a more like long-term situation. And not only are you gonna be adding water, you're gonna be adding fertility at the same time. So a lot of the things that you can buy, like we said, are isolated components. And when you add something that's alive, you're adding a lot of those components all at the same time. And instead of creating sort of an overabundance of you know perlite, because you can easily add too much, you're gonna create a balance, an ecosystem. So I think thinking about building your soil in that way, it just is, it's more holistic and it's gonna give you better results long-term and if you can just change and shift your mind to that, it's really about a regenerative approach. It's about creating an ecosystem you won't have to continue to add to because just doing what you do is adding to it. It's growing how you grow is making it perfect. Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> All right, so if this helped you guys, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. If you've got questions, it's a great way to get questions answered. Leave them in the reviews. And tag a friend on social media that would benefit from this. And thanks for listening. Hey, friends. So just wanted to let you know about some of the things we have going on at the schoolhouse and online. Uh, Wednesday, May 12th, we have New Moon Tea. That's a special time that Lacey has with other ladies to celebrate the new moon, have a special tea blend, and uh, have kind of a more in-depth discussion. Um, we have an oils webinar online coming up Thursday, May 13th. Um, that's going to be on pain and inflammation and how to use essential oils to manage that. Then on uh, May 24th, we're going to be going live in the Schoolhouse Life Group just talking about gardening, what you should be doing now, some of the things that we've got going on, and you know, kind of just get some of your questions answered for the month of May. And then Sunday, May 30th, we have Farmer Mastermind, which is at the schoolhouse. That's a group of farmers. We just get together, small-scale farmers, and talk about what we've got going on, some of the challenges, help each other brainstorm, that kind of thing. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, we'd love to have you. Um, our website is more up to date now. So you can go to the schoolhouselife.com backslash calendar and see all of the events that we've got going on. You can register for them, buy tickets for them, uh, that kind of thing. So we'd love to have you join us on any of that that you're interested in. And uh, please pass the word on. Thanks for listening to this episode.